You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Never before have we been in need of revival as we are in need today. We need to see how desperate we are for revival. Unless we see how desperate we are, prayer will not become a priority for us. So I'm going to take some time this evening before we go to prayer to give you some teaching on what the Bible says about prayer and the priority that prayer should have in our lives. It's something that probably, if we'd all be very honest tonight, would say it's not that big a deal to me. It's not something that I really place as priority in my schedule. We pray when we sit down to the dinner table. We may say a quick little flare prayer before we head off to work. We may say a prayer with the kids before we send them to school. But to really make prayer a priority... Very few of us here tonight, I believe, have done that. As I was seeking the Lord today in my office and asking Him what He would have me to bring to you this evening, I fell under myself deep conviction in my lack of making prayer a priority in my life. And as I begin to put together just this simple little PowerPoint presentation tonight, God just kept revealing truth and revealing truth and bringing scripture after scripture to me. And so as I fell under deep conviction tonight, I thought it would be a good idea for me to share that with you. I mean, why should I be convicted all by myself? (laughs) Lord, would you please use what I'm going to say tonight, which is only what you have already said to us in your word, to change us. When it comes to this area of making prayer, one of our main priorities in life. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 18. I believe that most of the verses and passages of Scripture that we will look at tonight will be very, very familiar to us. We're going to pick up with two stories here in Luke chapter 18 as recorded in the Scriptures. If I turn it on, it would help. The widow and the what? And the what? Unjust judge. I thought, you know, I should probably just put up the pictures tonight and just see how many of you from the pictures could give me the story. But here's this amazing story about this widow and the unjust judge. The Bible doesn't tell us what her petition was, but it does tell us that time after time after time again, she came to the judge with her request. 
What did the judge do every time she came? He blew her off. Do anything to do with her? You're a bother to me. And he sends her away. But because she continually kept coming to him, what did he finally do to get her out of his hair? Okay, what do you want? And she grants to her her petition. Now, the Bible says that God is like that unjust judge. Not that God is unjust, but he delights when we come to him over and over and over again. Have you ever noticed that God often does not answer our prayers immediately? He wants us to persist in fervent prayer. And so, like the unjust judge, he will answer our prayer if we persist in our coming to him. And notice what it says right here. It says right at the end, avenge me of my adversary, and he would not for a while, but afterwards said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, but because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord, and the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, now watch this, which cry day and what? Day and night. When are we to bring our petitions before the Lord? Day and night until we receive what? Until we receive the answer. I remember one time hearing, if I named this individual, he's a very famous preacher. And if I named his name, I bet you 90% of you would know who he was. And he preached a message, you only have to come to God once about something. And you don't have to continually come over and over. God hears you the first time, take it to the Lord and leave it there. Well, you know what? That flies in the face of this parable that the Lord Jesus gave us to where we're to continually come until the Lord answers that prayer. The passage then goes on, doesn't stop. Talks about the widow and the unjust judge and her persistence in prayer. And then it talks about the publican and the, the what? The Pharisee. The publican and the Pharisee. The publican, when he prayed, how did he pray? Pray out of pride, prayed so everyone could hear him. I thank God that I am not as, making sure everyone was listening. And over in the corner was the publican who smote his breast and said, God, be merciful to me a what? Sinner. Who was heard? The publican was heard. Why? Because of his humility, because of his repentance, the Pharisee's heart drew near unto the Lord with his mouth. Well, we can pray some amazing prayers to impress people. But God wants those prayers that come from the heart. And so he went away justified. So I want to look at some of the teachings that the Lord Jesus gave concerning prayer. And when thou prayest, thou should not be as the, What? hypocrites are, for they love to stand in the synagogues and the corner of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, that private prayer closet. Every one of us need to have one. My office is mine. I was saying to Levi just the other day, we were in my office and we were talking. 
I said, you know, this is my sanctuary. This is my place. This, this is a holy place to me. When I walk in, actually, I just put a closure like we have here. I just put a closure on my door so my door and my office will just automatically close. Because people are just in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And it, it disrupts my time that I have with the Lord. So I put that closure on there. It's a sacred place. Do you have a sacred place where you meet with the Lord? I wish we were all humble enough tonight to admit yes or no. But do you have a place? Maybe it's just a chair in the living room that that's your private prayer closet. Maybe it's somewhere else. My wife has always asked, Dan, can you make me a prayer closet? Can you make me a prayer closet? I said, man, you got a whole room. What do you need a prayer closet for? She wants that prayer closet. Listen, we all need to have a prayer closet. You want to know why? Because it is to be a priority with us. Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, put that closure on there. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. Now watch what it says here. And thy Father which is in secret will what? Reward you. How will he reward you? Openly, so everyone else can see. God is blessing this individual. Why is God blessing this individual? Because they walk with God. They have a prayer life. They know how to get a hold of God. Listen, I don't want to hear from people who don't know how to get a hold of God. And usually it's the people that don't know how to get a hold of God that want you to hear them. I want people who walk with God, who have a close walk with God, who just don't talk about prayer, but they pray. It's a priority with them. Look what it says. But use not vain repetition. Wonder how many times we have those canned prayers and we just cite them. You know what that means? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So what I'm saying to you tonight, get a hold of God. Get that personal prayer closet. Make it one of your main priorities in life. I know you have to have other priorities, but make it one of your main priorities that you're going to get a hold of God every day and you're going to commune with him. Jesus, over and over again, I mean, we could go a series of messages on Jesus' teaching about prayer. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Watch and pray that ye enter in temptation. What things uh, soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Howbeit this kind, talking about demons, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and what? And fasting, said to his disciples. All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door, what? Shall be opened unto you. I will reward you openly. Watch ye therefore and pray always. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatsoever you shall ask in, uh, in the fa Father in my name, he may give it you. Ye shall... Ask in my name. 
if two or three, excuse me, if two of you shall agree on earth as a touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. This is so important. Listen. If you have aught against anyone about anything, God will not hear your prayers. So I wonder how many times we go to the Lord in prayer and question, how come I'm not getting the answer to prayer? It could be that you have aught against someone. And he spake a certain parable unto them to this end, that men ought what? Always to pray and not to faint. Throughout the ministry of the Lord Jesus, what did he focus on? Prayer. Leave his disciples, go to the mountain. Here we find him in the garden. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain to pray. Then cometh Jesus with them in a place called Gethsemane and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. What did they do? Anybody remember? They fell asleep. And he went up in the mountain to pray. Now watch what it says here. And he continued all night in prayer to God. I'll never forget the first time I prayed with Pastor Dungey. He now is with the Lord. And I went to his office. He kept asking me to come on a Saturday and pray with him. And I went to his office and some other pastors were invited. It was just Pastor Dungey and I that showed up for this prayer meeting. We got down on our knees. Now I'm, a, I'm in my 20s. Okay? We get down on our knees and Pastor Dungey begins to pray, and three hours later, it's my turn. My knees were so sore. I was so uncomfortable. I hadn't ever experienced anything like that in my life, being on my knees, listening to a man of God pray for three hours, non-stop. And then it was my turn. I think I prayed for three minutes. I'm like, man, he just prayed about everything in the whole world. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There was a man that walked with God. There was a man that I would want to listen to. Are you all with me? No wonder the disciples said to Jesus, would you teach us to pray like you pray? Has anyone ever come to you and said, would you teach me to pray like you pray? Would you teach me how to walk with God like you walk with God? Would, would you teach me how to pray to get answers to prayer like you do? How <clears throat> many know this song? Teach me to pray, Lord. Teach me to pray. What a beautiful hymn. Teach me to pray, Lord. Teach me to pray. This is my heart cry day unto day. I long to know thy will and thy way. Teach me to pray, Lord. Teach me to pray. The chorus, living in thee, Lord, and thou in me, constant abiding, this is my plea. Grant me thy power, boundless and free, power with men, and what? Power with thee. 
do you have power with God? The power of prayer. Time will not allow us to jot these three verses down. And here's what I want you to do. We're not going to look at them tonight because of time. Here's what I want you to do. I want you, before you go to bed tonight, I want you to look up these three verses. And I want you to read them before you pillow your head tonight. Would you all just do that, please? Can't read it. First Thessalonians. Who said can't read it? You need a pair of glasses, buddy. First Thessalonians 5.17, Philippians 4.6, Colossians 4.2. Now, I came across this several years ago, so I wanted to dig it out of my files and give it to you again tonight because this is one of those things that really brought deep conviction to me. Are you a Christian that prays? How many would say they're a Christian that prays? Okay. I don't know many Christians that don't. Are you a Christian who is devoted to prayer? What kind of Christians does God want? Those who pray or those who are devoted to prayer? Which one? Those who are devoted. Okay. So let's uh, see the difference between a Christian that prays and a Christian who is devoted to prayer. A Christian that prays, prays about what he does. A Christian that is devoted to prayer does things by prayer. That's a big difference. Amen? A Christian that prays fits prayer into his schedule. We've already kind of touched on that. A Christian that is devoted to prayer makes prayer a priority. A Christian that prays, prays when problems arise. How many of you are motivated to pray when a problem arises? We're on our knees praying then. But a Christian that is devoted to prayer always prays. Whether there's a problem or not. A Christian that prays may or may not show up when the church announces a special time for prayer. I believe there's probably some tonight that knew we were going to have a prayer meeting for the revival tonight and said, you know what, it's just a prayer meeting. How many have ever said something? I've said that before. Oh, it's, Shelley has said this to me. What are we doing Sunday night? And I'll say, we're just going to pray. Really? We're just going to pray? Wow, we're going to get a hold of God. We're going to commune with God. We're going to hear from God. We're going to speak with God. A Christian that is devoted to prayer always shows up for prayer meetings. Actually, they get excited about it. Debbie, how many of the ladies of the church show up for prayer meeting? None on average. Maybe five. Okay. My wife said to me today, and this was about something, she said, there are 65 ladies. And then she said, what she said, 
So we have at least 65 ladies in our church. Five show up for prayer. Just once a month, right? A Christian that prays asks God to bless what he is doing. Can I tell you something? This isn't about what we're doing. That's why, I took, that's why I said to the men on Sunday night, my whole philosophy of ministry is let God make the decision and we'll just follow him. Doesn't that sound like a wise thing to do? Just let God make the decision and follow him. A Christian devoted to prayer asks God to enable him to do what God is blessing. Big difference again. A Christian that prays is frustrated by financial shortfalls. How many have ever been frustrated when you don't have enough money to pay the bills? Come on. See, you're just a Christian that prays. A Christian that is devoted to prayer gets excited about when they don't have enough money to pay the bills because, hey, we're serious here. Because what? They have to go to God. They have to pray and fast and seek the Lord to meet that need. Opportunity. A Christian that prays becomes weary and tired when they pray. That was the disciples. A Christian that is devoted to prayer becomes energized when they pray. Sometimes I've, my wife spends so much time in prayer. I'm like, is mom still in there praying? A Christian that prays does things within his means. A Christian that is devoted to prayer does things by faith beyond his means. A Christian that prays is involved in the work of men. A Christian devoted to prayer is involved in the work of God. What do you want to be involved in? <clears throat> so prayer is really very basic to the Christian life. I remember my basketball coach in college, Keith Champion, would just yell at the guys, get back to the basic, guys! And they were trying to do a fancy pass or dribble the ball behind their back or get back to the basics. Boy, we need to get back to the basics. Amen? Get back to the basics. Prayer is essential to have a personal walk with the Lord, to experience a rich time of fellowship with the Lord, to hear the voice of the Lord speaking to you. I'll tell you, sometimes when I pray, I just stop praying, I just start listening for that still small voice to speak to me, and he does. See, some of you nodding your head, you know what I'm talking about. Others here are going, I have no idea, it's never happened. You want it to happen? It can. To receive direction from the Lord. Be still, right? Be still and know that I am God. To know the wisdom that comes only from the Lord. If any man lack wisdom, what? Ask of it and God will give it. To know God's power and blessing in a very personal way.
there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. There is a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. There is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God, a place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. When was the last time you really met your Savior? Oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before thee near to the heart of God. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. If you want to know God's power, what? Pray. If you want to know God's blessing, what? Pray. If you want to know God's wisdom, what does God's word say? Pray. If you want to know victory over sin, what does the Bible say? Pray. Do you see how prayer is basic to the Christian life and experience? What was the focus of the early church? Doctrine. They immersed themselves in the word of God. There was Bible reading, there was the preaching and teaching of the Word of God in the early church, there was the study of Scripture, there was the meditation on Scripture and the memorization of Scripture. They immersed themselves in the Apostles' doctrine. Then there was fellowship, faithful attendance to the local church. I've actually prepared a message. I have not preached on this in a long time. I actually prepared a message. It's ready to go when the Lord gives me the okay on why is it important to be faithful to your local church? Why is it important to show up to services? Then there was the breaking of bread. Why do we come to the Lord's table? It's a purification of ourselves. As we confess our sin, we remember what the Lord has done for us and we seek those things which are above. Then there's prayer, seeking God, worshiping God, bringing our requests and our needs before the Lord. Listen, this was the focus. Doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. I'm here to tell you, I believe that's still the agenda of the local church. That's it. There's no other agenda put forth in the scripture than that. Isn't Isn't it neat how God just made things pretty simple and we have to mess it all up? What is this a story of? Cleansing of the what? What made Jesus so angry? And by the way, it's not always wrong to be angry. The Bible says be angry and don't sin. So there's an anger that you can have that's not sin. My house shall be called a house of what? Prayer. You made it a den of thieves. This happened at the beginning and then the end of Jesus' ministry. Two times. Sometimes we think it was the same event, but it's two times, two different times. So as I was going through this, I'm going to finish with this, and I can go through this quickly. There's 19 reasons that I could find in Scripture, I'm sure there's more, as to why God does not answer our prayers. Now... This is what they say where the rubber meets the road. This is the real practical aspect of it. But notice this verse in Micah 3 and verse 4. 
It says, then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not what? I'm not going to hear. He will even hide his face from them at that time as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. How many have ever behaved themselves ill? Spiritually sick. <clears throat> Let me give you these 19 reasons. Remember, you have an unforgiving spirit. God says, what? I won't hear. You have an ungrateful heart. God said, I will not hear. You have unbelief. God said, I will not answer those prayers. You have a selfish spirit to consume it upon your lust. God said, I won't hear. You have disobedience in your life. He's not going to listen. When you refuse to ask others to pray for... Actually, why would you refuse to ask someone else to pray for you? Man, I want people praying for me, don't you? Ever hear someone say, you know what, I'm just a private person, don't put that out there. Hallelujah, put it out there. I always say, the more people I got praying for me, the better. When we have idols in our lives, that's not going to hear. When we neglect the poor, and the needy, when God prompts us to reach out in compassion and minister to them, and we say no. God says, I'm not going to hear. When there's a lack of reconciliation, I'm not going to reconcile with that person. God said, leave your gift at the altar, be reconciled, and then come. Not waiting on the Lord's time. Boy, I've been guilty of this one. Trying to push things ahead. That's why I finally got on this building thing. So I'm not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not going to try to push this thing ahead anymore. Okay, God, I got it. Sometimes it takes me a couple years to get it, but I got it. Wrong motives. Somewhat we can have impure motives. Again, to consume it upon our lust. Not praying in accordance with the will of God. Just completely outside the will of God, and we know that it is. When we have a judgmental and critical spirit, we preached about this on Sunday. When we're not being persistent in prayer. The widow and the unjust judge. Where we're stingy in our giving. When we're not praying in Jesus' name. When there is iniquity, let's get this definition. What is iniquity? What's the difference between iniquity and sin? Come on, I've taught on this how many times? Barb? That's right. It's iniquitous. Not being a child of God. Heareth not the prayer of sinners. Not obligated to that. Having a bad relationship between a husband and wife, that your prayers be not what? Hindered. Now again, there's probably more, but these are just the ones the Lord just brought to me. And you know what? I have to believe 
that as I fell under conviction today, there's some of us here tonight that are falling under conviction too as to why God is not answering our prayers. The effectual fervent prayer of a what? Righteous man. My wife said this to me just the other day. Well, yesterday. So what she said to me, she said, Dan, I just want you to know that is not a righteous man. Don't listen to him. Sometimes women can have pretty good insight that a man cannot have. The effectual, fervent prayer of what kind of man? What kind? Righteous. You text me, J. Vernon McGee. What did he say? Do you remember? Maintaining innocence in the presence of temptation. My definition, just doing what's right. Effectual, that which is capable of or successful in producing a desired effect. Fervent, passionate. You're passionate about your praying. You're showing great emotion and great zeal. When it comes to your prayer life. Let's say this verse together. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what it will and it shall be done unto you. What does it mean to abide? It means to be in fellowship. It means to be in fellowship. You see, we can pray all that we want to pray for this upcoming revival, but unless we pray like this, it'll be of no avail. Are you all with me? See what we're saying? So we're going to prepare ourselves for what God wants to do here at Fellowship Baptist Church. I think it all starts with this right here. What's the big difference between the traditional, fundamental church and the contemporary church of our day? The contemporary church is focused on praise and worship. They are focused on feeling good and being entertained. And they're focused on personal success and prosperity. You know what they're not focused on? Prayer. My house shall be called a house of what? A house of prayer. So let's make some personal application before we go into prayer. What is your focus in life? I had to ask myself these questions today. What is my focus in life? What is my priority? What am I pursuing? Would you please answer these in the recess of your heart right now? And then... Make this commitment. I will make time daily for prayer. By God's grace, it will become a priority for me. Guys, it's...
Somebody did something and locked me up. I will not neglect prayer meetings in my local church. If I hear there's a prayer meeting, I'm going to show up for it. And I will keep my heart right with God and others so that my prayers will not be hindered. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.